Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 9 to 20. And it can be found uh, right at the bottom of page 762 in the Church Bibles. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Let them glean from the remnant of Israel as thoroughly as a vine. Pass your head over the branches again, like one gathering grapes. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed, so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord and I cannot hold it in. Pour it out on the children in the street and on the young men gathered together. Both husband and wife will be caught in it, and the old, those weighed down with many years. Their houses will be turned over to others, together with their fields and their wives, when I stretch out my hand against those who live in the land, declares the Lord. From the least to the greatest... All are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike, all practice deceit. They dress the wound of many people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. Therefore hear, you nations, you who are witness. Observe what will happen to them. Here, you earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. What do I care about incense from Sheba or sweet calamus from a distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices do not please me. This is the word of the Lord. Why don't I pray for us as we start? Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that we have the freedom to look at your word this morning uh, freely and that we can open it up without fear of persecution. Uh, As we come to look at this passage from Jeremiah chapter 6, help us to listen well uh, to what you have to say for us. Help us to respond rightly uh, with humble hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, despite my warm welcome to you, after hearing that passage, you might not be thinking that this is a very warm uh, and encouraging part of the Bible, Um, and you'd certainly be right. Uh, I don't think anyone would say that this is their favorite part uh, of the Bible. It's certainly not mine. Um, I'm not sure a verse about God bringing his wrath on his people is the best thing or the the first thing you'd pick to put on a fridge magnet on your fridge. And yet, here we are in Jeremiah chapter 6 this morning. Last week we saw that it was a great blessing of being given God's word to the people of Israel. 
And they had the privilege of being God's chosen people. Everything seemed to be going just so well. And yet we've come to this, just what seems like an absolute plane crash. What's gone wrong? Well, our passage today is going to be teaching us about God's rejected word, um, that we need to look to God to be our saviour, because the Lord is bringing judgment on those who reject and those who don't listen to his word. And we're going to be looking at our passage under two headings. You should have your notice sheet with you that will tell you where we're going. Uh, Our first heading is, No One Listens to the Lord's Word. And our second is, The Lord's Judgment is Coming. So let's dive right, right on into our first heading then. No one listens to the Lord's Word. No one listens to the Lord's Word. God gave uh, his word to the people of Israel and chose them to be his people. He gave them his decrees and his commands. And Israel were given the task of keeping or guarding his word, just like Adam in the Garden of Eden. They just needed to listen to God's word. So what happened? What was the outcome? Let's look down at verse 10 in our passage. Verse 10, uh, which says this. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear me. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. Israel did not listen. Time and time again, they had rejected uh, them, those words. They, They chose to disobey his commands and they chose to worship other gods. Just like children who don't want to listen, Israel purposely closed their ears to God's word. They stuck their fingers in their ears so they couldn't hear him. All because they found the Lord's words offensive and they found absolutely no pleasure in them. The word of their saviour who'd rescued them out of Egypt, the word of the one who had chosen them to be his people, the word of the one who'd blessed them and protected them. These words they purposely chose to ignore and not listen to. It's not just a small handful. Verse 13 tells us that this is true for everyone, from the least to the greatest of the people of Israel. No one listens to the Lord's word. So what are they doing instead then? Let's read verse 13. Verse 13 says this. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, where there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. Instead of living distinctly as God's people, listening and following his word, they do this. They practice deceit and greed. They pretend as if religion can keep them safe. They think the problem of Israel's sin, Israel rejecting and not listening to his word, isn't so serious. They think they can just do whatever they want. Just a few good deeds will keep them safe. Sacrifices, giving offerings, do good deeds. We don't need to listen to God's word, they think. They just do these good deeds to think that they would be safe. And this problem of sin, it's not so serious. But where does this leave them? Let's read verse 16 and 17 together. Verse 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your soul. But you said, we will not walk in it. 
I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. When God shows them the right path uh, to find rest for their soul, they do not listen. When God gives them protection and tells them to listen out to the warning of that trumpet, they do not listen. The problem of their sin has become so serious that even God's help to them uh, is no use. Even God trying to help them when they're lost and in need of protection, they do not listen. No one out of the people of Israel listens to God's word. Remember, uh, as we saw last week, the law, the Ten Commandments, uh, were given to Israel to establish his covenant relationship with them. Those words were personal words from God, um, and through which he committed himself to them, to the people of Israel. And Israel were given the task of keeping God's word, obeying it, and living distinctly his way. Uh, These rules uh, Israel needed to keep to commit themselves to God, just uh, to maintain their relationship with him. And that's true of any relationship, even today, uh, where we need rules that we need to keep, uh, and some are spoken and clearly defined, others are left slightly less unspoken. For instance, in a marriage, uh, you make promises to love, cherish, and respect one another, no matter what. In a friendship, it's expected that you're to take interest in the other person, uh, that you're to uh, care about how they're doing and be there for them in those big moments of life. Or in a family, children are expected to respect, obey, and listen to their parents. And in the same way, Israel's relationship with God meant that they were expected to listen to his word and follow his law. And yet Israel did not. So Israel, uh, their relationship with God was breaking down because they did not listen. And verse 19 uh, at the end sums that up all for us, which says this, They have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. No one out of the people of Israel listens to God's word. Well, like Israel, we too face that very same danger of not listening to God's word. Um, If you're anything like me, it's all too easy to not sit under God's word as our authority. Instead, choosing the paths uh, to take the, um, the parts of the Bible to take out the bits we don't like, uh, choosing to put them to one side and ignore them, putting ourselves above God's word, choosing to listen to what we want to listen to, uh, just the bits that make us feel comfortable and encouraged, rather than uh, living, uh, listening to the parts that challenge us, uh, like our passage today, that show up our sinfulness. Israel was the same. Uh, We see this back in chapter 5, verse 30. Just look back with me um, to the bottom of our first page. Uh, Chapter 5, verse 30 says this. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it this way. But what will you do in the end? Israel specifically chose to listen uh, not to God's word, but instead to lies, and they absolutely loved it. Therefore, their relationship with God was breaking down because they rejected his words and therefore rejected him as their Lord and Savior. For us as Christians, unrepentantly rejecting God's word, the Bible uh, is the same. The Bible is God's word, so rejecting it um, is like rejecting God as our Lord and our Savior. And the serious danger is if we continue to reject God's word, our hearts become harder and harder to his word, which just leads to our moral way of life breaking down. 
Remember verse 15 said this. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. To those who are unrepentant and who continue to practice deceit and greed, playing down the seriousness of Israel's sin, they no longer felt the shame of their own sin. It might start off as a small rejection, like Adam and Eve eating a piece of fruit. But it snowballs into something far, far greater and far more dangerous. So, what do we listen to? What do we love to hear? Do we love to hear God's word? Even the bleak and discouraging parts like our passage today? Do we always listen to God's word? Do we always walk in the ways that he wants us to live as Christians? Or do you, like me, uh, find it all too easy to ignore God's word and walk our own way? Do we let our life choices dictate what God's word says? Do we listen to God's word based off feeling or truth? Well, I want to suggest uh, to us today that uh, we are very much the same as Israel uh, because our serious, sinful nature, um, we do not listen to God's word because of that. Um, So, what hope is there then? Well, we'll see from our passage that actually it gets a lot worse before it gets any better um, because we really do need a, a rescue from our sinful nature but we also need a rescue from God's inevitable judgment. And that's our second point. Uh, The Lord's judgment is coming. The Lord's judgment is coming. Because Israel did not listen to God's word, they faced the repercussions. The consequences was that the Lord's judgment was coming to them. And we see that in our passage from verse 18. Let's read that together. Um, Verse 18. Therefore, hear, O nations, observe, O witnesses, what will happen to them. Hear, O earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruits of their schemes, because they have not listened to my word and have rejected my law. God declares that because they have not listened to his word and rejected his law, he is bringing disaster on them. The Lord's judgment is coming. Remember, God had given Israel his word, um, his law, to establish his covenant relationship with them. And this covenant relationship came with rules and conditions. Um, And if Israel would listen to God's word, he promised to bless them as they enjoyed their relationship with him. But there were consequences for not listening to God's word. For their disobedience to his law, God promised to bring judgment on them. Judgment on everyone in the streets of the city and in the fields of the countryside. Let's read verse 11 together. Verse 11 says this. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord, and I cannot hold it in. Pour it out on the children in the streets and on the young people gathered together. Both husband and wife will be caught in it, and the old, those weighed down by years. Their houses will be turned over to others, together with with their fields and their wives, when I stretch out my hand against those who live in the land. God is bringing judgment on everyone, and there's no escape. No matter where they were, in the streets of Jerusalem or in the countryside around, the people of Israel were facing God's inevitable judgment. And at the end of verse 15, uh, we see this as well. Verse 15, so they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them. God is bringing judgment on those who have no shame uh, for their detestable conduct. God sees right through them, right to their corrupt hearts, 
which don't listen to God's word. And verse 20 says this as well. Verse 20. What do I care about incense from Sheba or sweet calamus from a distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices do not please me. Even their attempts at religion and good deeds to worship God don't even work anymore. They have become, uh, well, they disobey God so much that their acts of good have become detestable to God. Um, They are no longer acceptable to him. Even expensive sacrifices um, and incense from a distant land is not pleasing to God. They're not pleasing to him because Israel don't find pleasure in God and his words anymore. Therefore, God is bringing judgment on his people. And what will this judgment look like for Israel? Let's look back at chapter 6, verse 6, just at the top um, above where we started. Chapter 6, verse 6, which says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Cut down the trees and build seed ramps against Jerusalem. This city must be punished. It is filled with oppression. It takes the form of a northern kingdom coming to invade uh, Israel and destroy them. And here we see that God is ordering that nation to attack the city of Jerusalem. And this is what he orders them to do in verse 9 of our passage. Let's read that together. Verse 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Let them glean the remnant of Israel as thoroughly as a vine. Pass your hand over the branches again like one gathering grapes. God is commanding this nation to glean, to harvest, or to collect the leftovers of Israel. It's invoking imagery of a nation coming to tear off all that's left that was good, ripping anything that remained on the branches, leaving a vine completely bare. God declares uh, to Israel that uh, his judgment is inevitable. This northern kingdom is coming. God's judgment is coming, and there's no stopping it. And he makes it clear that there's no protection for Israel this time. This is a bleak and painful image uh, to hear. God isn't just warning a random nation uh, coming to Israel. It's the very Lord God of the people of Israel that is leading the charge against them, leading another nation to bring disaster against his own people. And yet this warning falls on deaf ears. Ironic, isn't it, that the very failure of Israel to listen to God's word is why God is leading this charge of judgment against them. Um, And yet they don't hear this warning. It falls on deaf ears. And this was Jeremiah's message for 40 years, uh, that the Lord was bringing judgment uh, on them for not listening and rejecting God's word. But throughout his ministry, he is rejected by the very people of God. And so God's word turns into truth, into, physical, into a physical part of history. Uh, in 586 BC, the kingdom of Babylon, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, invades Judah. They destroy the city of Jerusalem. They ransack the countryside around. They empty God's temple of all its treasures, and they take the people of Israel out into exile. God's judgment on them was certain and inevitable. Well, we might not be facing the threat of Babylon coming to invade us today. Uh, We certainly don't have a northern kingdom uh, sitting outside our city gates come to invade us. Um, So what's the link to us? Well, we do have something similar coming to us. Uh, This invasion of Israel was only a dress rehearsal for something far greater. 
for the ultimate judgment to come. Where we'll be in the dock of God's courtroom, standing trial for all the times we've rejected God's word and not listened to him, with God himself as our judge. And Jesus talks of this great judgment throughout uh, the Old Testament in his Gospels. Uh, and he makes it clear that this judgment is inevitable, that it's coming. Our time has been set. And like the words of Jeremiah, they came true. And so we can trust that Jesus' words will also come true. So we need a rescue, don't we, from this inevitable judgment. What can we do? Now, uh, you might think that the the concluding application of this talk um, is pretty clear, pretty simple. Israel don't listen. That's their problem. Um, So if we we don't want to be like Israel, we just need to listen. Um, And then we're all sorted. We'll be safe from God's judgment as long as we listen to God's words. And I thought the same when I first looked at the passage. But after carefully looking through, I, I want to challenge that thinking. Our passage doesn't actually have a clear response for us to take. The only response um, uh, that I could possibly see was in verses 25 and 26. Let's read those together um, just down the page. Do not go out uh, to the field or walk on the roads, for the enemy has a sword and there is terror on every side. O my people, put on sackcloth and roll in ashes, mourn with bitter wailing as for an only son, for suddenly the destroyer will come upon us. And now I'm not suggesting that we put on sackcloth and roll around in ashes. Um, that would be a, a, an odd way to react. But it's, this is a, a clear a reaction of that Israel can't solve their problem of sin. The fact that, that those verses are in there shows us that um, our problem is something that we can't solve. Our problem of time and time again not listening to God's word and rejecting him. Uh, we can't do anything to avoid God's inevitable judgment, therefore. The fact that this is our only response shows that there is a, this is a bleak but ultimately true reality for us. And there's nothing we can do to solve our problem of sin. Our hearts naturally are corrupt. Uh, our hearts naturally choose to not listen to God's word. Um, and so they naturally deserve the Lord's coming judgment. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. Nothing we can do to change our ways either. No matter how hard we try by our own strength, we can't perfectly listen to God's words. We naturally, just like Israel, choose to not listen. Now, that does sound rather bleak, I know, but that is our reality. And it's important that we understand that that's the truth for us, that we need a rescue from our sin, that we deserve God's inevitable judgment, that we need a new heart. And we just need to look to God, don't we? We need to look to Jesus because he brings us our desperately needed rescue. Now, if you're here with us and don't consider yourself a Christian, can I just say it's great that you've joined us uh, today. I do hope you haven't been turned off uh, by the bleakness of this passage. Um, But can I encourage you instead to uh, explore and find out more about the person of Jesus? Uh, Because despite the fact that this truth is uh, ultimately true for us, besides its bleakness, um, we as Christians have such a great hope to hold on to. Um, in the face of God's inevitable judgment, we have Jesus uh, who saved us. Jesus doesn't just rescue us from a few small bad things we do. Uh, he rescues us from our serious problem of sin, so serious that he faced death uh, for God's judgment by dying on the cross in our place. He paid it all for us, all the sins, all the times we've not listened to God and rejected his word. 
He has perfectly rescued us so that we can now approach God with confidence, knowing that we have no face of harm or destruction. What an incredible rescue. Just by trusting in Jesus, he has rescued us from this unstoppable and powerful judgment coming our way. We can't rely on ourselves for this rescue. We naturally don't listen to God's word. And so we deserve the Lord's judgment. So why wait any longer? Run to Jesus. Humbly trust in him to rescue you because you can't save yourself. And yet despite our sin, he is is holding out this gift to us freely with compassion towards us. Look to Jesus to be our rescuer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this truth in our passage, despite how uh, bleak and painful it is to hear that it's true for us. Uh, Thank you for revealing our sin to us. Um, Help us to continue to see our need for Jesus as our rescuer and be thankful for the amazing sacrifice that he died for us on the cross to save us. In his name we pray. Amen.